Welcome to episode 95 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by the Liquor Store of Jackson Hole, growing with our community since 1985. Please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash TLS to learn more. Hello from Jackson Hole, I'm Stephan Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week I sit with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating story about daily life. I feel we can all learn so much from each other, and I intend to search out people and their stories, which will teach us all a little bit about life outside of our everyday circle. And before I begin the introduction for today's episode, I want to ask you a quick action. Please get out there and share this episode and get other people to listen and know about the Jackson Hole Connection. So moving on, today's episode has two guests, Virginia Powell Simmons of Vibrant Events and Margaret Breville, board chair of Teton Valley Balloon Rally. Virginia first rolled into Jackson Hole sometime around 2001. She's now married, a mom, and business owner, and Virginia's deeply ingrained in the local community on the Jackson Hole side. Margaret also first landed in Jackson Hole in 2001 after growing up visiting this area regularly as a child. Margaret was introduced to the balloon industry by her uncle Andy, who encouraged her to obtain her FAA balloon pilot license. Margaret and Virginia have been working with each other for several years now, carrying on an almost 40-year tradition, making sure balloons fly at the annual Teton Valley Balloon Rally over in Driggs, Idaho. Virginia and Margaret will share with you today their lively personalities, and why they work so hard each year to keep the balloons in the air for the rally and our community. These two will certainly entertain you and inspire you to search out a balloon rally in your area so you can enjoy the fun and excitement of the ballooning world. Margaret and Virginia, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection podcast. Fantastic to see you two today via Zoom, social distancing. Hi. Hi! <laughs> Happy <laughs> You bet. So folks know Virginia and Margaret are both in the same room. They're used to working together very closely, so they're not social distancing. They only have the computer speaker, so things, the sound might be a little off today, but I can guarantee you the content might be even more off. So just stay tuned and you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> so I've known each of you from different circles of Jackson Hole for many years. Virginia, why don't you start with telling us how you landed here in Jackson Hole and how many years you've been here? I landed in Jackson in 2001. I came here that summer on a long road trip with just my dog and went home long enough to pack my shit and come back. I came here then under the guise of um, a thesis for my senior year in college, which I did write, but I don't think that was actually the reason that I came here, but it sort of seemed like a really good excuse at the time. And I didn't think I was going to stay, but that was, I don't know, do the math. What is that? 19 years ago? Uh, 2020 minus 2001, I get yes. 19. Yes. Okay. Thank you for um, mm -hmm. that affirmative. And, and since then, your life has changed in certain ways. You now have a husband and a child and I, businesses. I have both of, I have both of those things. Um, I met my husband 
not very long after I moved to Jackson, uh, we were housemates and the rest is history. That's the G-rated version of the story. Mm -hmm. um, we got married in 2009 and then Arlo was born in 2015. So yes, I have a, a lovely little family that certainly um, keeps me busy and entertained. On the edge. <laughs> of many things. On yes. The many things. <laughs> <laughs> and you have two businesses, one which you partner with Margaret in, and you have another business as well. I do. Um, well, technically, I only have one business, which is Vibrant Events of Jackson Hole. And Vibrant Events has... Um, planned and executed hundreds of weddings and numerous community events over the past 10 plus years. And technically the Teton Valley Balloon Rally, which Margaret and I run together, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and I am the board chair, but it is, is it a business? It's not a business. It's a labor of love. Hmm. Technically it's a nonprofit, so it's a business. Technically mm -hmm. it's a business. If you yeah. file taxes, it's a business. Yeah. But we don't make any money. Non-profit. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't call it, I would call it a labor of love. I would call it a labor of love. Cool. <laughs> we all need labors of love. Do we? Do we? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we do. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and Margaret, what is your connection and story for here in Jackson Hole? My uncle has owned and run the Wyoming Balloon Company and been an attorney in Jackson Hole for the majority of my life. And we always came here to the Jackson Hole area to spend our winter and summer vacations. My mom was a biology teacher, so she took advantage of a lot of what the science school programs were at that time. And um, eventually my uncle convinced me while I was in college that coming out and chasing hot air balloons in Jackson Hole was just the way to do it if you wanted to make money and have fun. <laughs> and he was so correct about that. So oddly enough, in about 2001, I also moved out here to do summer work and started my chasing career. But in 2003, I more seriously started to pursue my pilot's license as a student pilot in Jackson Hole, a hot air balloon pilot. And then in 2005, got my official certificate. And in 2008, when I graduated college, I moved out here on a permanent basis and have been flying commercially ever since then. I mean, ballooning in the Tetons has pretty much been my existence for over 15 years now. I know. <laughs> Virginia, are you a pilot as well? No. No. So, bummer. May Not yet is probably the better answer, right? Well... Margaret and I have a really good partnership where she runs the sky and I run the ground. Hmm. And I think that works. Well, okay. so what that really means is Virginia runs the ground and I hope and pray that mother nature does exactly what I want her to do. And does that usually happen? I, I mean, we have a good relationship so far. Things are okay. going, I'm still here. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> me, me too. Me too. <laughs> Well, you're the first balloon pilot I've spoken to. And actually, 
I don't know many balloon pilots other than yourself and your uncle, because I've known Andy for many years. Mm-hmm. What does it take to be a balloon pilot and receive this commercial license? Good question. It is FAA regulated. So we are mm. just, um, yeah, we are treated very much like any other type of pilot. We have to do a certain amount of training and ground school, training in the balloon and ground school. And there's several different types of classifications. We have to do that sort of training and ground school for your private's license and then also for your commercial license. So I had to do that. And then you take an oral, a practical, and a physical exam through an FAA deemed examiner in order to be certifiable for each of those different certifications. Fantastic. I'm I'm happy to hear that pilots have to be so well certified. Yeah. Only if drivers had to do the same. True. Um, We also have to do continuing education and we get currency flights and we have to do every year, every other year, we have to have a a checkup flight with a um, designated person and, and, and they take it very seriously, but that also just makes the certification way more like cool. I had, Mm -hmm. I had to go through the pilot gauntlet to get there. (laughs) You had, (laughs) you had to wobble your head to get there. (laughs) yes margaret is wobbling her head as she was saying that (laughs) looks like jj from good times it's another it's like a take after other birds form things (laughs) (laughs) we shouldn't do early morning interviews this is this is not early morning i guess early afternoon in my case It's funny you just said that because for balloon flying, you do it early in the morning. What time do you wake up in the morning to get things going? When I am working for Elevated Ballooning, I'm waking up at 4 a.m., but for the balloon rally, I'm waking up at 3.30 a.m. That half hour does wonders. There's something very (laughs) strange about waking up at before 4 o'clock when you have to say 3 anything doesn't seem like morning anymore. Three is night. Four is morning. It's a a very clear line in the sand. Not if you're making the donuts. We don't don't make donuts. We we make joy. Oh, yes. That's right. (laughs) So what is it like to chase a balloon? I'm sure you've both had the opportunity to chase some balloons. We have. Affirmative. Do you want to take that or do you want to What is it like to chase balloons? I think that you should answer that because while I have chased balloons, I feel like I am usually not chasing balloons and running in circles and explaining to people that don't understand about chasing balloons what chasing a balloon is. So a balloon chaser is just as important a role as a pilot, believe it or not, because it is our ground crew, basically. And just like airports need to have ground crew for airplanes, we need to have them for hot air balloons. And we don't take off or land at airports on a regular basis. Some people are capable of doing that out in the East Coast where there's a lot more small aircraft places. But for us out here in the Tetons, uh, we'll just land in 
of a farm field or an open space or somebody's private property and the only way for us to get our equipment back is for our ground crew dash chase crew to chase us down and it's like a wild I don't it's a wild ride for the chasers they don't know where we're gonna land because we don't know where we're gonna land and often it can be an exciting adventure they can go the wrong way we don't know what road we're landing on especially if you have pilots that are coming from different places when I'm flying in a different place and I don't know anything I'll just say turn on the road that's the red line on the map there's <laughs> maybe I'll land there there's a, there's a lot of, um, oh shit, turn around. Oh shit, turn around. Do you think there's a gate there? <laughs> Close the gate. Don't let the cows out. <laughs> Grant, who brought their gloves this time? Yeah. And who's wearing waterproof shoes? Those are important things. Ground crew will also be super instrumental to our safety. So a well-trained ground crew person can help a pilot determine whether they're physically or mentally prepared to be taking a flight that day, if their weather condi conditions are conducive to what the pilot is capable of handling, they are responsible for helping put the equipment together and taking it apart safely for themselves and volunteers, but also to make sure the equipment doesn't get damaged. A, gr a good ground crew person will be there when a pilot lands and be available to put weight on the balloon so the balloon doesn't go for a second flight and be available to help uh, the passengers in and out. So it's a, it's a pretty serious role in the whole scheme of things, but it's, it's often, they're, they're pretty, it's, it's fun, fun and silly. It's a, <laughs> sometimes they'd stop and get donuts, who know, and they, you know, who knows what they're doing while we're in the sky. <laughs> they're celebrating the flight of the balloon. Affirmative, or they're or they're <laughs> playing practical jokes on each other, or the pilot in the car, and you just don't really know what you're going to jump into when you when you land, literally into the van. I, I think it's fascinating that flying a balloon, you have a, a federally issued pilot's license, but you have no control over where you're going to land. So how does this work? Controlling this thing, I mean, it's. And how, how much do these balloons weigh between the, the basket and the balloon? What are we talking about here? Good question. It depends on size of the aircraft. So like the ones that you see in Jackson Hole on a regular basis, those are very, very heavy and very large, like over a thousand pounds of basket and fuel and tanks and, and burners and fabric. They're not little or light. My whole aircraft, I fly a much smaller one that's just built for four passengers and myself. And so that will weigh about six to 800 pounds, depending on if it's full of fuel. But you know, I, they're, they're big. They're, you got to make sure that you do your Pilates on a regular basis. If you're going to do all that heavy lifting sort of situation on a, you know, it's a thing. And, <laughs> um, and then you know, I, I don't I don't like to think that balloon flying is an out of control thing. Their pilots have a lot of decisions that they can make. You can decide to go up, you can get, decide to go down, you can look for different wind currents, you can decide to land in a particular spot or not, unless you're running into an emergency situation and you just have to put the balloon down. But there, you know, there's places out here where I fly in Triggs primarily 
And I know that they're not easily accessible. So I'll fly on to the next location, which may be more accessible to my, my crew. It doesn't mean like the last two days I've flown, I've flown south, which is unusual. Really? Mm -hmm. I landed right next to the dump. My crew had a really great time <laughs> trying to decide if they were going to have to chase me into the trash or not. We That's did the landfill. It's a land, but it's people put their trash there. Yeah. The dump. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Dump. <laughs> I was just making sure that people didn't think it's a dump, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But so I, I made decisions to make a flight pattern or, you know, a flight path that was going to be conducive to what I was observing in the winds and gave myself enough space to be able to land safely and not in the Tetons themselves. Uh, so there, there is decisions that you can make in advance. And, um, and that's my primary job for the balloon rally. Actually, I'm responsible for reading the weather and talking to the pilots and letting them know what the weather is going to do to the best of my capability and then make a decision as to if it's safe to fly or not. And that's very different when you're talking about 15 or less out of town pilots who don't know the terrain, don't know what the wind conditions are, don't know where they're going to fly to versus myself who knows how close I'm getting to the Teton River or not. So those, those are all factors that kind of have to go into the decision-making as to what is safe or what is not safe for flying here. And for the balloon rally that the two of you put on each year for your labor of love, how many balloons or pilots, uh, would it be the same? How many people or balloons are coming out at once and how many fly in one, one period of time during the day? Launch uh, takes place first thing in the morning. So we'll do pilot briefing at 545. That's when Margaret the Meister does her magic. That was fun. And then all of the pilots will begin inflation and launch simultaneously. Usually they're all airborne within half an hour of each other, I feel like. Do you think that's pretty accurate? Mm -hmm. And regarding the number of pilots that fly at the rally each year, uh, we have had as few as five or six or as many as 15. This year, I believe we have 13 pilots, give or take one or two. For us to have pilots at this event, it is a financial choice. So for instance, we have to pay for insurance and that limits how many people that we can have depending on how much we can afford in insurance. But also too, each pilot travels from a distance and it's wear and tear on their equipment. They individually have to pay for insurance. So, you know, the more sponsorship we have is what really makes it possible for us to have more balloons there. So we, you know, that's a direct correlation. We really want to have something like 40 balloons for our 40th anniversary next year. But that means that we have to have 40 sponsors to make that happen. So we'll, we'll we have a lot of work to do. Or like four very large sponsors. Lots of little ones or a few big ones we'll, or, or a combination. We would take any of those things. Um, I do want to point out that this year is kind of a special case when looking at pilot attendance and sponsorship and our overall approach to the rally. Um, the majority of balloon rallies are canceling 
because you might have heard there is um, just a little global pandemic happening right now. Um, huh? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> what? Um, so certainly the the easy um, and most cautious thing to do would be to cancel. But Margaret and I have certainly never taken the easy way out of anything. Um, and we also have a reputation at this point for hosting a wonderful, safe, super awesome mountain balloon rally that people want to attend. So historical. I mean, historical. 39 years. So this year, yeah. um, we have a number of pilots coming non-sponsored um, because they really just want to go and fly someplace and they want to support the work that we're doing. But that is not typical and will certainly not be repeated next year. Yeah. Now, let's review when it is the balloon rally held each year. The balloon rally is held over the 4th of July weekend. <laughs> Uh, every year. So the dates fluctuate, um, but we, as a general rule, we try to fly on the 4th of July and the surrounding dates. Um, the only times that we have not is when the 4th is fallen on a Wednesday, mm -hmm. which is just kind of bizarre when you look at how the dates fall. But this year in 2020, we will be flying Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so July 2nd through the 5th. I'll be right back with Virginia and Margaret after this quick message from the show's sponsor. The Liquor Store of Jackson Hole has been growing with the community of Jackson Hole since 1985. Locally owned and operated, the Liquor Store is ready for summertime this year in the hole. We've loaded up on rosés from around the world and adult sparkling seltzers. Get your cooler ready and we have ice, beer, rosé, and sparklers for summer fun. We're open for in-store shopping or online ordering using our website or mobile app to have your favorite items delivered for free. Visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash TLS to learn more. For somebody that's never been to a balloon rally, such as myself, what would I expect as an experience to come to your balloon rally? And then also, what would I expect if I were to go to another balloon rally in the rest of the country? And, and I take into consideration that COVID-19, there's going to be some social distancing. So let's take that out of the concept. But what is it normally like to go to a balloon rally? Normally, not this year, <laughs> but normally a balloon rally is a really amazing interactive experience where there is a large wide open space and spectators have the opportunity to wander freely and get up close and personal with balloons, possibly help crew for a balloon to get it into the sky, ask pilots questions, um, and just have a really up close and personal experience with something that's really incredibly beautiful. And science, yeah. science is awesome. So I think that as far as like what you can expect in attending a balloon rally, that's the, the blanket answer. Um, at our event, we normally, in addition to balloon launches, will provide tether rides on a first-come, first-served basis. So we'll have one pilot that stays at the field and tethers to several vehicles on the field and takes them up 50, 80 feet mm -hmm, or so for like five-minute rides. We also traditionally have a cold walk-in balloon. So that's the retired fabric, which is no longer skyworthy, but it's inflated with cold air on its side and you can walk inside, mm -hmm. which is... Um, if you happen to have small children, um, a big <laughs> I have two. draw, 
Um, and, and if we do get grounded by weather, which happens from time to time, um, our pilots are really great about staying at the field and doing candlestick displays with their burners. There's a lot of flame going up in the air. Um, and in that scenario, it's an opportunity for folks to really chat with pilots and learn a little bit about ballooning as a whole in a way that they wouldn't get to if they were just observing launch. So it's interactive and awesome, and there is a lot of fire. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and balloon rallies vary all over the United States. And there is a, a whole contingency of people that go and tour balloon rallies because they are held in different places and they all kind of function a little bit differently. A lot of balloon rallies are festival oriented. So they'll have music and they'll have vendors and they'll have art, art fairs and all sorts of things that are associated with the rally. Because our event happens over the 4th of July and there's lots of different organizations running different things at that time. Usually a parade, usually the rodeo, usually fireworks, usually. And, and a lot of that stuff is still happening this year on the Teton Valley side. But we don't take full responsibility to, to running our event like a festival because a lot of people want to go float the Teton or go hiking or whatever. There's so many things to offer. But in a bigger city situation out on the East Coast, you'll see a lot more of a festival experience. Now, some balloon rallies aren't rallies, they're competitions. Oh, and interesting. so those events will have all sorts of tasks that pilots have to complete and will vary from where they end up launching or landing. And there's award ceremonies and it's a real kind of wild experience for an observer. You, can, you, you may not be able to go to one central location. You may have to do your own observation chasing. <laughs> <laughs> for somebody to come to your balloon rally, what time should they arrive and how long throughout the day is there something going on? 5.45 a.m. Show up. Show up. Show up. Show yeah. up at 5.45 a.m. And in on a normal year, spectators can plan to stay at the field until about 8.30 or 9 a.m. Sometimes a little bit later, mm -hmm. depending on how long we would run the cold balloon or how long we run tether rides, which we usually do until we run out of propane on that balloon. Well, and we've always had food provided by the senior center too, but this year <laughs> that's not happening. Mm -hmm. So it, like I said, in Teton Valley, I, I normally tell people to make a day of it. You come over for the balloon rally, bring your raft and your fishing poles, go hit the river, go for your hike, go to the rodeo, watch the fireworks. And there's go to the a, craft show. Yeah, and that's a normal year. Some of that stuff is still happening in Teton Valley this year, so you kind of have to keep an eye on the paperwork, to, papers to see what's going on. But, yeah, I, you know, if you're going to take the time to come over the pass our direction or drive up from someplace like Rexburg, we suggest you take – don't come just for the balloons. Come and do lots of things. We suggest that you come for the balloons and then follow balloon rally protocol for the rest of your stay in Teton Valley. <laughs> <laughs> and do people get to meet you too? So 
On a normal year, maybe, maybe not. If I'm flying, I am not there to have a conversation with spectators. I'm there to have a conversation with pilots and make sure that they're doing things appropriately and safely, and then usually jumping into my balloon and going for flight two. This year may be different. People may be able to have a chat with us. However, spectators are going to be limited to staying by their cars, in their cars, or on their cars. So yeah, then if I'm not flying out, I'll walk up and down and people can have a chat with me and maybe do a little safety dance, COVID safety dance. <laughs> You can dance if you want to. You can leave. You, you two should record that safety dance and put it up on your website. Um, there, 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 there's been discussion there's, of that. There's a, there is a discussion about a social distancing safety dance for pilots so that when we do our, our pilot meeting, everybody knows exactly how far they have to stay away from each other. I also have a, a very fun graphic that will be at the top of all of our balloon field signage that says, stop. Cover your face and listen. <laughs> Please send me that. I'm very proud of this. We are taking this very seriously, we folks. I, we really do want you to come. We want you to come, but we want you to be as safe as you humanly can be. However, you are coming to a balloon rally, so when we ask you to be safe, we're asking you to be safe with a smile under your mask. The only thing that Margaret and I do not tolerate is a bad attitude oh, and non-compliance. Which is actually on a level of like really bad attitude, 10 or just morning grumpy as a one. We can handle like somewhere in the one to five range. Four. Okay. Virginia sometimes is a six. <laughs> known to be an eight. <laughs> I do not do early mornings very well. There's a lot of people that don't do early mornings well, but they get to see the big old beautiful balloons. Exactly. Well, and the thing about our balloon rally too is that you get to see the Teton. It's a beautiful balloon rally. It's it's stunning. Yeah. It's I I have this little habit of going on about how the balloon rally is really magical and there's like a whole science behind the power of awe and how it makes us use our brains better and live our best lives. And I really believe in the intrinsic value of what we do. And that's why we're still doing it this year. And all joking aside, we are taking, taking safety precautions very seriously, but Margaret and I also always have fun. And we have always taken safety precautions. Yes, that's seriously. not new Those this are, year. We, we new. are always yeah. putting people into the sky. <laughs> With with propane, <laughs> combustible fuel at high altitude. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled to hear the safety precautions that you guys always take because yeah, you don't want a thousand pound balloon setting down on somebody's Yugo that could crush it. It would not. No. no. Affirmative. Yes. Affirmative. Or if it landed on somebody's cow, that'd be bad. The cat breakfast. Yeah. Right. I mean, they cow. Cook out. Hey, no, cows love balloons. Have you ever seen cows? Cows, like, they look at a balloon basket like it is a flying magic bale of hay and huh. chew it. That makes a horses, lot of sense. Horses are smart and cannot look up very well. They do not like hot air balloons. So we're much more cautious around horses. And how do people donate to your balloon rally? Thank you for asking that. You call Margaret and then, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so 
The very best way to access any information about the Balloon Rally is to visit our website, which is tetonvalleyballoonrally.org. I am updating that daily right now. And there's a big button on the landing page that you can't miss that says support the rally. And you can give us as much money as you would like. We encourage you to do this. We will make amazing things happen with your money. Um, I would also like to point out that we're um, currently in the midst of the tin cup giving period. And the Teton Valley Balloon Rally does participate in the tin cup challenge. Um, so you can certainly go to the Community Foundation of Teton Valley website and donate to the Teton Valley Balloon Rally via the Tin Cup Challenge. The benefit to donating directly is that we have cash in hand right now and we can use cash in hand right now this year given that we're operating at about a 25% budget. Um, the benefit to Tin Cup is that we will get a community match from that, but we won't get it until September. I'm going to also say you can donate, but if you have a business who thinks that like wonder and awe is really incredible, we do have sponsorship comp uh, options and we have some incredible sponsors that are hanging in there with us this year. We do. Yeah. Should we do a little shout out to everybody? I think we should. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think probably the biggest thank you across the board since 2012 for from the Teton Valley Balloon ooh, Rally ooh, goes ooh. to the city of Driggs. Yes, yeah, city of Driggs. Um, incredible. Which has shown us undying support. It's really amazing. This year, understandably, a lot of the small businesses that have traditionally sponsored the Balloon Rally have not been able to give us a financial commitment, which we get. Um, but that does mean that those who have continued to support us it's even more valuable. Um, Silver Star Communications has been amazing this year, as has Rad Curbside. They take care of all of our garbage and recycling needs at the balloon field, which as you can imagine is probably pretty big. We do have a camping area and we do encourage people to leave no trace. So that service is incredibly helpful. Um, Valleywide Propane provides us with Aww. all of the propane for us to fly always. We, we love them. Um, yeah, they're kind of like Bloom Pilot's favorite people in the world are propane providers, period. Yeah. <laughs> and balloon Pilot's love gas. We love, we love, love gas. our gas. And we have like really <laughs> awesome gas guys. <laughs> our gas guy is the best gas our, guy. Our gas guy is the best gas guy. And, uh, and he's been around a long time. So when I shout out to Anthony Owens, like he really literally, everybody knows him. He is the best gas guy. <laughs> Um, we have also had um, really amazing grant support this year from the Teton Regional Economic Council and uh, the Idaho Travel Council, and then also the Teton Valley News and the Jackson Hole News and Guide. Because we've had to tell a lot of people about what's going on. So please, 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 if you're interested in attending, look for our ads because they tell you what you need, what you need, need to, to know. know. Yeah. Is you is need it? to know. Uh, it's right here. Okay. <laughs> and you also check out our website because our protocols are, they're very conservative, but we also really, really value our spectators and our, our people who are attending. And we want to make sure everybody stays safe so that they can come back next year. Right. And the value of keeping this balloon rally healthy and happy is exponentially important to its tradition. So we just want to make sure it keeps going from year to year. I would say that probably the most important thing that people need to know for this year is that you have to pre-register for anything that you want to do at the balloon rally. If you want to come to the balloon rally, you have to buy your parking pass in advance. If you want to camp at the balloon rally, you have to register to camp before 5 p.m. on Friday. If you want to volunteer at the balloon rally, you have to register before 5 p.m. the day prior 
to the day you'd like to come and volunteer. Everybody has to be pre-registered. And ultimately our goal with this is, is just to make sure that everybody's safe. And I'm really sorry to the people that want to run around from vehicle to vehicle, but they're just gonna have to sit their butts down and they're gonna be fine. And, <laughs> and I'm gonna say, we need volunteers. We do and need we, volunteers. And volunteers will have to wear a face covering, but you can support either your country western bandana, or you can go ahead and put on- Or your super sick neck tube. Or you can wear a traditional mask if you want to. There's a lot of options there. Many you options. can just spot, sport your, your face covering fashion. But that's where we get our chase crew too. Our volunteers are ridiculously important to us. And again, another group of people we want to keep safe. But if you want to be able to walk around the balloon field and have access to the facilities, then <laughs> you'd have to volunteer at the balloon rally this year. And you have to pre-register. Look at that. Yes. See, this is what we're talking about. Get, oh, Boom. Wow. I like it. You want to see the one something? Stefan, mom? would you like to wear that when you attend the balloon rally this year? Look at one. I, I do want to bring the boys. Um, come. We'll have to come on the weekend. Oh, that's a cute little balloon face mask, Margaret. My mom made it for me. So I very sweet of her. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks to my mom. <laughs> it has colors like Todd Parr book. I actually wore it. Does, it <laughs> colors like a Todd Parr book. That's I, really funny. I wore this in some balloon pilot sent a picture of me of his balloon and said, my balloon's on your face. It was kind of weird. <laughs> better, better than it's on your head, I guess. For people that want to come and join and see this experience, you mentioned Driggs, Idaho. It's a big space. And I know on your website it says where the balloon rally is. But give us an idea of where in the area of Driggs that you hold your balloon rally. We launch from the fairgrounds, which is just about a mile north from the stoplight. And then balloons usually fly like north-northwest. Am I correct about that? Unless, yeah, unless, unless it's the last two days. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and the visual of the balloons once they're airborne can be seen from most places in and around Driggs. We really need to encourage people, though, not to just come out and park on the road. Do not come park on the road. For don't two, park yeah. on the road. For two reasons. First off, <laughs> don't park on the road. Don't park on the road. <laughs> yeah, emergency vehicles need to be able to go up and down the road. But then chase crew have to be able to get to the balloon. So don't chase a balloon unless you've actually signed up to volunteer. Because if there's a bunch of people trying to chase after a balloon and the chase crew can't get to it, somebody could get hurt. And you'll also probably be trespassing. Hmm, so don't do that. Mm -hmm, good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. On, on a national and international level, because the Jackson Hole Connection podcast has such global reach, massive global reach. <laughs> and how can people find out in their area where they're listening if and when there's a balloon rally? Uh, they should go to the BFA, Ballooning Federation of America's website where there is a list of all the balloon rallies in all of America, at least all the ones that register who want to be known about. Um, and you can find where to travel to next or if there's one that's in your neighborhood. That's an excellent source. Also, we have what's called a BFA Junior Camp. 
summer camp. We have a scholarship that's associated with the balloon rally to send a local kid to balloon camp every summer. Our candidate this year has been postponed to next year, but um, still going. if there is any children out there between the ages, I think it's 12 to 18? 13 to 18. 13 to 18 who want to do an away science aviation oriented camp. The VFA has that. You find that there. Also, if you find that you're just interested in, you know, maybe becoming a balloon pilot yourself, it's a great resource to start doing that. My son would love going to a science camp to learn about balloons, fire, and air. Yeah. <laughs> so he should look into the scholarship that's an option through the Teton Valley Balloon Rally. He's too little. Oh, okay. Give him 10, 10 years, eight years. I, I guess... Eight years. Yeah, eight years. Well, six, because it would start at what age? Thirteen. And Thirteen. He's five. Yeah, it's because you No, can, he's six. He's six. Yeah. Okay. Watch out. You can get your, your student license at the age of 14. So cool. You don't have to tell Lewis that, though. <laughs> so, yeah. They will at balloon camp, though. It's true. They will very much tell him that he can get his license. <laughs> You know, it's a really cool thing to be able to get kids involved in ballooning for sure. And so, and we normally really encourage that with our volunteers this year, we have to be much more cautious about it, but you know, we're being raised a balloon yeah. kid. I like, there's something ridiculously magical. It's about really, it's and, really special. And normally there are hundreds of kids running around at the balloon field, mine included. It's, yeah, pretty we, awesome. We have to so put, that we'll we'll have to put that on the back burner for this year, but it'll be back. It'll be back. We went to a chamber event last night, and Lewis said he had to go to the bathroom. Said so just go pee in the woods over there. Ten minutes later, he's still standing over there with his pants down and just crying. And short end of the story is, I had to use the doggy poop bag that was in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yep. At yes. least you had it in your pocket. Aren't you glad you had that poop bag in your pocket? I'm a good dog owner. Yeah, I have been in that situation more than once. Benefit of having a dog and a kid, same time of life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Winning. I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> no dog or no kid? Uh, no, I have the dog, not the kid. My dog also is only a seven pound chihuahua. So okay. my best, but it is hard to see out there. <laughs> 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 Margaret in Virginia, this has been an absolute blast speaking to you both. Are there any final words of wisdom in the world of balloon rallies and flying balloons or event planning that you want to share with everybody? Yes. You always thank your contributors like the liquor store in Jackson Hole, who graciously gives us champagne. Because <laughs> that is, you need propane and champagne. You need propane and champagne. That's all you need for a really good balloon rally. And any good event planner knows that you always thank your contributors. So we should give a quick shout out to Mo's Original Barbecue as well oh for feeding God. us. Because whoop, whoop. it's that's, so good. That's a close second because when you have too much champagne Pain. what i mean you need some barbecue in your belly if you drink a little bit too much champagne at nine o'clock in the morning which I, I never happens yeah <laughs> no coffee straight to champagne it's noon someplace no i, I i'm gonna just lastly say like 
traditions like balloon rallies and rodeos and things that have been around for a long time that are interactive and physical experiences are super valuable right now and please go out and support them in your safest manner. I know that we've all turned to this kind of more virtual lifestyle in the last couple of months, but if they're going to sustain through this, they have to start practicing and figuring out how to do it. And we need to find value in having a physical experience right now. We do. And I think that we all collectively need to accept the fact that whatever normal is, this is not it. And that's okay. And we just need to be safe and look out for each other, but still participate in the things that make us really happy. And when Margaret and I had to sit down and make the tough decision as to whether or not we were going to host the Teton Valley Balloon Rally in 2020 during a global pandemic, the obvious answer was yes, yes because yeah. people need joy and beauty. And I guess ultimately we're just here to remind you to look up because you never know what beauty you may find. I think those are fantastic words to finish off with. <laughs> just look up. <laughs> Thank you to Margaret, Virginia. Always wonderful hanging out with you and seeing you both and getting to talk to you. I really appreciate your time and thank you for what you're doing to bring beauty to the skies of the valley and over yes. to Tom Valley every year. Appreciate it. Well, Stefan, go to the website and buy your parking pass. Bring the kids over. Okay. 10-4. Thank you. This has been really fun. Yeah, this has been really yeah. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. To learn more about Margaret in Virginia and the Teton Valley Balloon Rally, please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com episode number 95. And on a final note, remember, please get out there and share this episode and share this podcast with your friends, family, neighbors, and the person you ordered your Taco Bell from today. Many thanks to everyone who helps me keep the Jackson Hole Connection on air. Michael Morey, my marketing and editor, my wife, Laura, boys, William and Lewis, and everybody else who tunes in each week. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.